From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Go, go, go. Work on it over there. I am. And welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors, hour number three. Already? Already. I tell you, Braden, are you feeling any better after just look like you was about to choke? I was trying to choke down that Burger King. <laughs> you need some water? No. I'm all good. You sure? I just get my, it's my Stevie Nicks voice. Right. <clears throat> yeah, just my, it's my singing voice. I like it. At least yeah. it's not your Barry White voice. <laughs> well, while you're over there recovering... I got a question for Captain Little. Uh, today, it looks like it's a, almost like a repeat of yesterday. It's pretty windy out there. And uh, if you was going to go out on the water to, right now, where would you fish? Uh, Six Mile Creek. I mean, it's... Uh... <laughs> hey, I've caught some good fish over in Six Mile Creek. That's a great place to fish. It's, it's going to be a little breezy today. It looks, to me, I scattered clouds out there i'd I'd still try to fish out on the reefs because that's what i've been doing if the if the weather would allow me to get out there those fish don't get bothered as much when these little fronts come by which is what no big deal but it is a front and our fish do feel it so you know i'd probably try to stay deep you know i'd fish slow you know what i've been doing is shrimp fishing and uh those reef fish just eat it you know you go out there with those shrimp and everybody's catching fish and uh that's probably what i would do i'd definitely not try to go out to the skyway and catch bait and get all beat up doing that but if i had somebody call me last minute wanted to go fishing that's probably what i'd be doing is going out there shrimp fishing or getting in a canal and dock fishing and there's still a lot of fish on the docks the the, the drum fishing has been really good there's still a lot of a uh, lot of good sheephead fishing going on the docks and um snook and redfish i mean you just got to hit the docks pitch pitch a shrimp into the docks two or three times you get a bite no go to the next one and uh for me i've got some good docks so it's not that hard now when you talk about fishing around some of that dock for structure uh how 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 often do you get greeted with hey you're fishing around my dock move on don't be fishing around here do you, you know, do you get in, do you have any of that uh and uh, you reception? smile and wave at them and say sorry sir <laughs> you do you do get that from time to time i mean i've i've eliminated those spots you know because i just don't like the confrontation i don't like the people coming out there saying anything to me but uh no i don't get that too much like i said i've eliminated those spots but i do have a few good docks that's got some good rubble around it and uh uh but you know those people there they're pretty cool you know they're fishermen too they know they know what's there and they come down there and and they tell you what they caught recently there, and they they see you catching fish. And sometimes, you know, they're they're not the fishermen that you are, and they're trying to figure out how to how to catch those fish too. Yeah. So they come down there, and you what have are to you give using? away. A, I can't that's, catch them. What are you using? You man? have to give a little seminar. We, you know, we went with a captain out of Anna Maria when we went over there and stayed for a couple of days, and he pulled up next to a dock, same situation. And the guy comes walking out, and it was me and him and my oldest daughter were in the boat, and I'm like, okay, dude. You could tell us to leave, but now don't be getting ranked with my kid sitting here in the boat. Oh, that's oh no. It. The guy walked out there and he was, uh, guess was cleaning the dock off. And that's what he's like. He goes, Hey, 
right here. He goes, throw right. He says, I saw school, small reds here, you know, da, 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 whatever. I love those guys. And, but that's what he said. He's like, what are you catching them on? He goes, cause I was out here with the little finger mullets and stuff like that. And he goes, they wouldn't even mess with them. And he's like, I'm using shrimp right now. And, you know, it just turned into a 10, 15 minute conversation. One of my best docs, this is a cool little story. One of my best docs I fish over at, uh, Wheaton Island. I had a, we was fishing a tournament one day and we'd went out and caught a big red fish and we'd had a big trout and I was hitting some snook and we was catching a bunch of snook, but we wasn't catching big snook. And the guy I had on my boat and he says, you know, I live right over here in mirror Bay. And he said, I've got a dock that's really good. And I said, well, let's go try it. And so we went over there. We like caught like six big keeper snook that day. Mm-hmm. And it's just this little no place. You would drive by it a thousand times. Wouldn't think nothing about it. But uh, that's why they were there. Oh, my goodness gracious. (laughs) I still fish it today, and it's still a phenomenal place up today. And when you find those docks like that, those are the ones that's always going to produce. You hardly ever fish them out. And it's just year in, year out, there's something about them. The old docks, the old wood docks, it's got all the – the uh, barnacles on them, and it's got a bunch of poles, and they're rotted. Those are those are the better docks. Hey, I got a question because this would drive me crazy if I was a guide. You ever get people that you go out with, and they got their cell phones on, and they're <laughs> they're sitting there pinning everything, and and then you show up next week, and hey, I took him out fishing the other day. You know, what do I, you do? I've I haven't experienced that. I do see them pull their cell phones out. What gets me is like when I'm out there fishing in the middle of the bay on the ship channels and we're balling the snapper, catching the snapper in the summertime. And, you know, I have people that want to do that. And uh, they get to walking around the boat with their cell phones and I got my machine on and I've got the spot marked and I get to watching them slipping around there. And I'll, I'll, I'll ask them, I'll say, man, you ain't taking a picture of my machine, are you? Oh, no, Captain. So you call them out one time, and it's like they put it up. Oh, he's on to me. He's watching me. Oh, real yeah. Close. Well, yeah. And when I'm on my boat, you know, I don't miss a lick. You know, I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm like, you're getting a bite, dude. You're getting a bite. So, you know, I've had a couple of people kind of sneak around my boat trying to snap those coordinates to them snapper spots. But all you got to do is pay attention and use your – I mean, look at the bank, look at the, uh, where the range marker is and kind of, kind of put together your own little scheme. You're on a ship channel. I mean, they're marked. You don't have to go take a picture of my number. Let's, I yeah. mean, that's well, and at the end of the day, you're probably like a couple of my other buddies are. I, there's one guy that I know that you can ask him and he'll give you the number because he'll look you straight in the face and say, I know how to catch the fish here. Right. I can give you this number oh, all day long until yeah, you if you're a captain, how to if catch him. <laughs> If you're a captain, you're you're a one spot show. You're yeah. not going to be in the yeah. business very long. You've got to have a bunch. Well, of but spots, what I'm saying know? is, is you know what? Okay, at this whole they're going to think, okay, well, I can just come out here with whatever and catch fish just like him. Uh, uh-uh. right. You know what's funny? <laughs> I had I had a guy with me. Uh, I fish him every year. He fishes. He's a he's a big businessman, and he's got his own boat. And uh, I took him to a spot, and we caught a bunch of fish. And uh, then I took him to a big trout spot. He loves to catch big trout. And we got out there, and we caught a bunch of big trout. And it was like a month later, he, he called me up and he said, let's go fishing again. I took him back fishing, and we just went. We I took him back to the same spot that we had caught a bunch of big trout. He was like, man, he said, we're not going to catch nothing here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, last time I brought you here, we, we tore him up. He said, I was here two weeks ago, and he said, I didn't catch a thing. Hmm. So we started fishing, and boom, we started catching these big trout. And he goes, man, he goes, I was just here a week ago, two weeks ago, and he said, I, w- I didn't catch nothing. I said, man, it's time, and you got to be here on these spots at the right time. If you're not on the spots at the right time, you miss the fish. These fish, well, you it's, know, it's they, they like school hunting. by. Yeah. We, it's just like with hunting or anything else. They sit there, You can sit there and say, well, this spot's got this. This deer's coming in this time, but guess what? 
That's why he uses the trail cameras. You the want to and he's going to be there. <laughs> the day that you go out there, it's the day he decides he's going to go around this way instead of this way. That's right. So it's a guy that has the same stand and his favorite, but he doesn't check the wind. And that mm-hmm. stand's probably not going to do it today. Yeah. Right. Um, if I know I'm going to have a lot of buddies calling after the show, where where do I go get your info or the website or how, how do we get a hold of you? You can go to my, you can contact me on my Gmail. It's fishalittle at gmail.com. <laughs> Or you can call me at 813-763-0024. Or you can just hear the commercial on our show. Yeah. There you well, go. if they, hey, I'm just asking. <laughs> Look yeah. at, hey, we've created a monster. On who? The one sitting next to me. I don't have Chris? The, I don't have, um, I don't have the radio voice. I got a horrible radio voice. No, you sound fine. <laughs> you sound good. You're doing all right, kid. Sound better than mine today. Well, well, Captain Little, I got a question for you. No more questions for can the you, captain. Can you put me on a, a big blue tuna? A, I wish. Oh, like I a wish three we, million I wish we had tuna? that kind of fishing. No, our big game fishing's a tarpon. That's that's about there as you big go. as you're going to get. That's now, your, I, I want to go for a big for blue Bay. tuna because this past week, uh, a blue tuna uh, was caught at 612 pounds, wow. and on the auction block in Tokyo, guess what it sold for? Eighty bucks. Oh. Yeah, an ounce. Yeah, maybe no. no. It sold for three million dollars. Six hundred and twelve wow. pound blue tuna. That's amazing. Sold for three million dollars. So and which guess, one of the wicked tuna guys caught that one? Right. Yeah, really. No, it wasn't anybody of that. <laughs> They're heading there right now. Yeah, but that thing is forty nine hundred and two dollars a pound. Well, that, is that going to be at Charlie's? Oh my lord! Like I said, or what? Forty nine. What did you just say? Forty nine hundred bucks a pound. Forty nine hundred and two dollars a pound is what he paid for it. And if you'd like a plate, guess what? It's going to cost you per ounce. How much? Five hundred dollars. Wow! Wow! Hope you're. Uh, they're not going to. I hope you're hungry and that there's a fast food joint <clears throat> after you leave there. What is that in yen? Fifty thousand. I think you know that's how many 50, fish fillet in yen. That's going to be three hundred and thirty-three point six million yen. You know no, how many fish fillets you can buy for that at McDonald's? Three hundred thirty-three point six million yens in Tokyo wow. money. Yeah, but that's not the ounce part. I said for the ounce, it's got to be like. <laughs> oh, I'm getting technical here. Get a calculator and you can figure it out. Oh, I figured it out for you in U.S. dollars. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. Stay with us, you guys. We'll talk more tuna when we come back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon. And welcome back to Big and Wild Outdoors. Man, Man this hour is almost over. You can't put fishermen all in the same room. It's just no way. I know it. I'm glad I'm over here because we're, we're, no, we're not fishermen or hunters. We're outdoors people. That's, That's what, what we're doing. Oh, yeah, but when you start talking about fishing, then all of a sudden it just turns into just craziness. Well, That's what right. I found out during the break, too, is I didn't know it, but Captain Little is also a tuna uh, fishing expert, apparently, because he was telling me all about uh, how the Japanese have really invested a lot into trying to bring back the blue tuna. Uh, and spending uh, a bunch of money the way they are. And, of course, I read the rest of the story that ran this week. And, of course, uh, uh, they are doing a lot of research and trying. And they said that they'd actually anticipate that they'll be able to have some good numbers by the year 2034. Oh, well, there you go. I don't know about an expert, but I do watch the Blue Planet on uh, Discovery Channel. <laughs> oh, Lord, here we go. Uh, oh, well, you know, I, now when you when you talked about that, you talked about the dwindling supply of tuna over there. I said, well, that explains why they're going back to going back to whaling again. 
They're going to go. It ain't about research anymore. It's now it's about going to killing some whales. Well, I seen on on TV that they actually in the open ocean out there that they had these big tuna cages. And I don't know if they're catching small bluefin tuna and putting them in there or if they're they're, they're cultivating the eggs or what, but they're feeding these tuna out for a uh you know, for a market, you know, so they don't have oh, to Oh, yeah, I love, catch they them. drag them in. I mean, and they drag them in and harvest them. Right. I guess I guess they're using the small ones. I don't know. But uh, what you're talking about is when they net, when they net them, they got yeah. the sharks and the, uh, the oh, dolphin yeah. and everything, and they have to go in there and release all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. They got those divers that get in the well, cage with them. And it's like I – this is my whole argument with people when it comes to the ocean. And everybody's always, well, this is going to, we're going to kill this off. We're going to, this is going to die. This is going extinct. This is blah. We know less 30%, 25% of the ocean is all we have mapped. So, I mean, somebody explain that one to me. It's like going on a piece of property and somebody tells you that, well, your, your numbers are down here because of whatever. Okay, well, you don't you know a quarter of this piece of property. I know all of this piece of property, right? Or what's you going know? on around and the other pieces of property? Exactly. And I mean, that's my whole thing. Is I always say when people go, "Well, our fisheries are going to be done by the end," and I go, "Yeah, you know what? Explain to me how there is a shrimp left on the planet." Exactly. <laughs> Explain to me how there is one stinking shrimp a perfect example left in the ocean. What did I say earlier? Everything eats shrimp. Not only that, but if you think about the billions of pounds of shrimp that are ingested not just here in florida but at every seafood place kids platter or whatever across any restaurant in the united states of america there should be not one shrimp the left Gordon's in the ocean. fishermen should be tired of seeing shrimp and you think it you think it would get uh the, 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 the population of shrimp of gold shrimp would be better because they're starting to do you know the the harvesting of uh, shrimp on land and stuff. Texas, there's a huge place out there yeah. where they grow their own shrimp. The I Mormons remember. down there at Mormon Ranch in uh, cent- or Central Florida, they were doing shrimp ponds when my buddy got off of his lease down there. Right. And right. you think it would make a big comeback on the native natural shrimp, but they stay pretty much the same. That's right. Um, you know, I don't. It's not like it used to be when I was a kid. You go out there on the backside of Weedon Island, Ross Island, you could walk out there with a flashlight and a bucket and a net. You can still do that. And just that. shriek, shriek, shriek all night, fill up a whole bucket of them. You're just not going to get great old big ones, but you can still do that. I know I know guys that do that every year. Well, mm-hmm. maybe that's why there ain't no big old great big ones no more. Man, you know the best shrimp are? You ever had rock shrimp? <laughs> oh, yeah, love rock shrimp. Man, they're like little lobsters. Yeah. Yep. Well, there should be none of those left either. But yep. They're hard to find. Right. You get them on the East Coast a lot. They catch them over there. Yeah. Some yeah. places they call them langoustine. Every, so. every once in a while, you'll call, I'll call the shrimp docks and get a 50-pound bushel level. Right, right. It's very rare, though. But I will say this, that for a culture, uh, Japan has done a lot of great research. They have a great fishery over there. And, uh, and on the smart end of it, uh, chances are that bluefin tuna that Glenn's talking about probably wasn't even caught over in their waters. It was probably caught in our waters off the Atlantic coast. And uh, shipped over there, flash frozen, and, you know, off she went. And, uh, I mean, you watch that show, Wicked Tuna. I mean, some of that tuna ends up here, but you hear those guys all the time talking about what they want in the Japanese market. Most of that goes over there. Exactly. And and how much are they getting for those fish? And we all go, wow, that's a ton. You know, five, ten grand, maybe at the most. Well, look at at our mullet. Look at our mullet row season. Oh, gosh. 
And those guys make nothing on those fish. Nothing, nothing. They they get six, seven dollars a pound for that robe, but once it hits the Japanese market over there, it's fifty dollars an ounce. Somebody's somebody's making it though. Right. Of course yeah, they right. are. And I feel bad about the wicked tuna. I thought it man, these guys are making a killing, but they should be making triple that. Well, you know, we, we talked about it off the air. I said, you know, if if you had a smart investment banker sitting back watching TV someday and he hears this story about this bluefin tuna and then puts these wicked tuna, he goes, You know what? For a two hundred thousand dollar investment, I can get that tuna, get it flash frozen. Uh, put Captain it on a Little, private... will you please meet me at the dock? I have a proposition for you. I have a private jet waiting if we at the airport. Tuna. <laughs> you get it all. You put what it about on a... yellowfin. I, they, they just don't bring the price. The blue. I thought does. the yellowfin was the <clears throat> the fattier one. The most. I thought tasty. the yellowfin was the one that is it just the U.S. It's tastier. I know we. I know it's the we eye have, tuna, right? I mean, that's the elephant is what we do. Eye and man, y'all are getting. I'm a snook fisherman. Uh, oh, well, Glenn threw you under the bus. Said you were a tuna expert. So yeah, I tell you, man, after one because I know there's a difference when we went to um, uh, Venice a couple months ago and we wanted the yellow fin. They really did not even want to clean the blue. Yeah, the blue fins. Really? Yeah, the because blue. I think from what I've always been told is the yellow fins are the better, smaller like fish when i say smaller the you know the hundred pounders or whatever but when the blue ones when they get bigger the boot they're better it's gotcha because i know even wicked tuna most of those are yellow fins yeah you're not catching a whole lot of bluefin tuna in louisiana it's all going to be black fin or it's going to be yellow fin i don't no. i don't think that we have a whole lot of blue fin. maybe it was a black, black, black fin is that's what not you're the thinking good one, right yeah black that's fin. that's what we had those everywhere you can, catch those in, you can catch those in the gulf and you can, there's tons of them in Louisiana. They're all over Florida. The Keys are just littered with them. Right. But what I was going to say was, that, you know, some investor guy, he has a private jet waiting on an airport, flash frozen tuna, you throw it on there, even if it costs you $100,000 to get it over there. If you're making $3 million, right, right. that's a pretty good return yeah. on your investment. Get you a golf stream and you'd be there and buy lunch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but is that $3 million tuna, was that an oddity? I mean, is I don't, I don't, I don't know, know if they sell like that. Every, every time day. I ever watched any of those things, like you said on Nat Geo, those fish can go anywhere from a hundred thousand to a half a million dollars. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're high demand. High demand. And that I one there may be uh, one of the things that they did bring out was that it it was a little unusual for that, but it was the very first one of the year of 2019, uh-huh. and uh, being that the size and the quality of the fish, uh, it, that's why it fetched. Now they're going to step million. in and say, shut it down. What, Can't well, have no tuna fishing. That's well, what it was. It was one of the first ones. Them people were starving to death for some fresh <laughs> bluefin tuna. Well, not only that, but uh, like with anything, when it comes to a bidding war, the more expensive it gets, the more you think it's worth more. Well, look at your Plant City strawberries, the first flat. What does the first flat of berries bring when it comes to the market? Well, right. it depends. If it's a Canadian, <laughs> yeah. if it's a Canadian, it's, they'll pay 100 bucks for it. There you go. Yeah. Sorry. So, sorry push out the gap from sorry, michigan yeah. by the time you get down to the locals it's you know i'll give you 50 cents for that right that a little boot hmm? <laughs> yeah, i gotta take it back to the house uh but anyway i don't know I'm, most of the tuna that i ever catch over here on the gulf coast is not tuna it's just uh you know boneheads bonita yeah just get some bonita some bleeders as we like to call them yep yep good now, they make not, great chum not that i haven't tried to eat them though people I mean, eat them oh people I mean, eat them our what do you local mean, uh, man those things are bloody yep yeah, people but, eat them they bleed them out it's like, bleed them out. That's like eating a gar gar hey, is people, actually pretty good yeah, if you but make I know gar people, balls. yeah i know people that have gar recipes that make like fish dip and stuff that you will slap yourself i remember fishing good. with my grandfather was a couple guys six six mile creek and those guys would uh just slit the 
with the heads and just let, let them on a fence, bleed mm-hmm. them out. Oh, no way. Man, Put them in a cooler with a bunch of ice for a couple of, for a few hours, let it bleed out. Well, right now, to, if I'm, I was over there on the bullfrog area, I would uh, just go into the, I guess, the bypass section and start catching some speckled perch because that's what's really going on right now. No one cares about that. We're talking about bloody, nasty fish. Yeah, oh, but we know, went man. from tuna to panfish. We, well, no, we, <laughs> we went, went from, from tuna fin to a speckled gar. And yeah. when you say speckled gar, spotted gar, whatever you want to call it. I'm thinking of speckled perch. The, the show is Glenn diverse. Loves, I know Glenn loves his panfish. It's diverse, and the speckled and the speckled perch are biting right now. I've got a, I got a couple of buddies on my Facebook page that shot me some pictures of. They just went out yesterday and caught quite a few. Well, when I was up there at Lake Panasovki, not saying that's where they caught them. That seems a lot of nice cooler full of their limits of 25, and of course the limits on the speckled trout. Well, that cat's out of the bag. <laughs> but it could have been out of Chad's whisker. Yeah, but not one, of them, not one of them had a bonita, so screw that. All right, anyway, we're going to take a break. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Chief Five Feet Outdoors. And Brandon Ford, stay with us. And trying to eat that tarpon yeah. underneath my boat. And yeah, welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. Starting to do this because the hammerhead's up underneath your boat shoving your boat around. Man, Jonathan. You ain't even got your cue, mic queued up, and I can still hear you through the wall. That, oh, hey, that's Captain. He's telling fish stories, man. Fish and Once stories. They get into get, he's getting excited over there. He's yeah. up I bet he is. We, start, we started reminiscing about our shark weeks. Well, I can tell you this. It wasn't that the, the fish was out of the bag, as Jonathan pointed out over there at Panasovsky. It's one of those things that I was traveling around, and if you've ever been up in Inverness, have you ever seen the We've size? never been to Inverness. No one in this room's ever been to Inverness. Mm-hmm. The size of Henderson Lake. Uh, was that like one of the 50 million lakes in Inverness? Yes. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's like a lake that just seems to go on forever. It's a pond. And uh, when you look out, you drive along 44 or 19, it's just a really beautiful uh, lake. And some of the fish that was being caught out of that thing, uh, I'm sure I've never fished it personally. But it's one of those things that when you see the fish being at the, coming up out of the You're boat ramps try to find or the, the fish boat camps. Ramp. And uh, one of those things come up and says, well, just fish a little bit around. We were fishing around uh, Scout Island. So I had to look it up. And uh, we may have to take take a trip up there, Braden. Have any of y'all ever fished Lake Mag, Lake Carroll? I'm a West Side guy. Any of y'all ever fish any of those? No. Make Lake Magdalene? Yeah, Lake Mag, Lake Carroll. I haven't fished and probably freshwater fished. Since the panfish challenge last time, well, I can <laughs> tell you when you're talking y'all. about those lakes, is there even a public access to those? I don't think so. No. I think those are private. Well, lakes. then that, that's why we've never fished it, Chris. We no, don't have right. that connection. You being the West Side guy, yeah, West Side. When West you, side. When you want to go, <laughs> <laughs> that and um, you know, Babes and Harris Golf Course might have a couple of good ponds in it. Well, you know, oh, sure. oh yeah, there you go, Golf Course. <laughs> There's yeah. some great fishing at uh, Feather Sound too, but you got to be a member. That's right. <laughs> so you can eat those fish that's got all of that stuff in it. Yeah. Sounds a little Malorganite goes a long way. It's a good you just stuff. You can eat a lot of it. I guess yeah. it's kind of like fishing in the <laughs> oh Bay Area then if you have a spill. Oh, yeah. It's going to watch your iron levels and you'll be fine. Dear Jesus. <laughs> can't be iron. pregnant. You can't be pregnant. No. <laughs> that's right. It's not iron you have to worry about. You know, I wanted to ask you, uh, I heard you guys talking when we were talking about the Wicked Tuna show. What what do you think that line is that they use there? Because that's a mono, isn't it? I mean, it's not a braid line. Well, they they got a top shot mono on it, and then they got the braid underneath it because those you know some of those tuna can 
the first runs probably two hundred yards, three hundred yards. So you're saying it's braid out in front? And no, then mono, they, mono. They top shot it with mono, and right? A lot of times. Well, those guys there are actually using like fifteen, twenty five foot, thirty foot of uh, fluorocarbon leader. Probably, if I had to guess, I'm thinking like one thirty uh, fluorocarbon leader, and then they're using I don't know, probably they're probably using eighty. 80 to 100 pound of uh, mono, probably 150 yards of that. Then everything underneath the reel is a braided line. Now you do that for uh, for the shock reason, is you put that mono in there to give it a little give the, and go? Just those, those fish are so, you know, you're talking about those bluefin tuna, you know, being four, five, six, seven hundred pounds. Those are not fish that's just, you know, are babies. They've been around the block a bunch of times. They've probably been caught a bunch of times. So they're real spooky. They're real leery. They're using. They're using those, uh, you know, fluorocarbon leaders so they can get down there. So only, only thing that they're seeing is those small tuna hooks and the uh, bait itself. If they were using just braided line to the hook, they'd probably never get bit. Mm-hmm. And I, they, they're probably using a little bit of that, you know, that give of the mono, you know, for the uh, so that that hook doesn't pull. Because they're that's using, what I mean, like a shock cord. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, they're using real small hooks, <laughs> they're real heavy wire, but they're real small. So they can hide those hooks. Those tunas got really good eyes. Oh yeah. Well, I, oh, I, oh, I, I see you circle hook. I can tell you, my brother and I, we we, we took the Primos guys of Venice, Louisiana. I don't know, a couple months ago, and we hooked onto a big one. I think it was, I don't know, maybe fifty pounds, sixty pounds, and that was a yellow half, fin or black. Yeah, a yellow fin, and uh, we caught them. I think we caught maybe ten that day. I mean, we ran into them, and I can tell you, after that one fish. Me and my brother, we were just praying we didn't hook another one. No. We were exhausted. Sure, now, we, had four, we had four grown men, and I have video of it, and we we switched off no two, two no or three more. times, and we were done. And that's what the guy that's said. That's one fish, delaying one fish. Yeah, and but you now, see, you're, you were fishing it standing up with your legs on, in a yeah, and they had cur- the, yeah, they had with a, a belt, break. a fighter's belt. Right. Well, those guys on Wicked Tuna, the boat does work. They just sit there and kishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishishish
you use your upper thighs and the lower your lower back to try to get that up. It does. It takes a toll on you. I mean, uh, I know it's not supposed to be a, considered an athletic sport. Oh yeah, but if you're in bad, bad shape, it's going to tear you and up. I, yeah. Man. Well, you know what, Braden? I'm in shape. I'm ready for that tarpon. Uh, I do all my workout during gator season. Them four or five hundred pound gators. That's true. Cranking and pulling. Yeah, those muscles that you didn't know were there, they'll uh, let you know. And I want to be there for it because you're going from panfish to tuna. <laughs> oh I'm videoing it. Hey, I'm well, you know saying. what? You got the man sitting in the chair right there that can put you on tarpon all day. I'm ready. Let's go. I mean, uh, you know, they're still running around up in Chazawiska. Yeah, but the problem with Glenn out there tuna fishing is he's going to provide his own chum for you, so you're going to be all right. That is true. Bring chum back. <laughs> work. That'll get him up there. You know what? Take your take your medication the night before, and before you get on the boat, eat something. Eat something and uh, make because a lot of people make that mistake where they're like, "I'm not going to eat anything," and I. And uh, next thing you know, they're throwing up last night's dinner. It's, oh, it's, it's in the bay. You'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have like a... Um, you know what? You got to remember, you say the bay is going to be okay. We couldn't even get him out in, in Boca Grand Pass for more than an hour before he was green. And that was that was. Hey, Boca wrote. Grand Pass can get rough. Right. That's one of the roughest places I've ever been. But it wasn't rough because the weather was rough because yeah, of all the other boats. Say. So, you know. Well, most people don't know. You, like, you got to take it the night before. That's what I'm saying. You got because it, it does no good. Because I almost, I almost got sick when we were at Louisiana. Well, and in defense of Glenn, I'm just like what the captain said and what you know Braden just said about Boca Grand Pass is yeah, it's not just a natural occurrence there. <laughs> what makes it rough? It's it could be man made. All of those yeah, other I, people. All, I, that all are, I can describe that fishing trip was like fishing in a washing machine on a rough spin cycle, and uh, <laughs> the, and then the agitation was just extreme. Well, that's because you had like 2,600 Dave Marquettes down there. Oh, yeah. my God. Way from this side, another <laughs> way from that Get side. Get out of the way! Then... Get out of the way! I got a fish on! What are you doing? What y'all don't understand is, yeah. that's his favorite word. <laughs> hey, I got I got something for you. If, if, you're, if you're that guy that gets queasy on the boat, ginger peels. Yeah. Go go to the store. Go to GNC. Or ginger ale. Ginger ale. But you got to get the real ginger ale because they make a lot of, lot of ginger ale that's not real. Burners. Ginger, ginger cookies out on the boat. Bring you a pack of ginger cookies. Take them mm. ginger pills a few days before you go fishing. Bring you some ginger cookies. If you're that guy that gets six or girls, you know, my little girls, I fed them out when they were four, five, six years old and they'd get queasy. And then we found out about the ginger cookies and ginger ale and all that kind of stuff, and it really helps. Well, well you Ginger know what also made helps. a whole bunch of peanut butter cookies, so I'll just take her big batch that she That's just made. That's not going to help. The, oh. other, the other thing that helps is don't hold it in. Just let it fly. Get it over with. Get it out. Get it done. And then you'll feel 10,000 yeah, times better. Hold it. Uh, that's the problem. Most people sit there and go, well, I don't want to embarrass myself. You know, they say most of it's mental. It is. Most of it's mental. It well, is. You start thinking about it, and then the more you think it. about it, the more you think about it, the more you make yourself sick, and then you won't let yourself be sick. That's right. And then uh, if you just let it go and get it over with, then it's it's pretty much over. I, I, I never had a problem, Is and I did it one time, is when you're going out, I can't close my eyes and try to take a nap. That's what got me in Louisiana. I've never done that before, and I don't know how people do that. Where, where you slept? Where I just slept. I don't know if it's fell in the motion, you know, rocking. Beanbag chair. No, Dude. yeah, no, I had a beanbag chair, but I got sick, and I was on the back of the boat, and uh, I started feeling that's the first time I've ever gotten seasick. I, you know, I'm going to say that uh, I think the greatest overboard puker I ever met in my life was probably Gino, guy who listened to the show, a friend of mine. We went out on the double eagle, went out early morning, spitting, cold, nasty. I mean, it was rough. 
There were people inside. Of course, they think getting inside is going to be the best thing for you. I have to be where I can see the horizon, feel the wind, keep your mind occupied, do what you got to do. And he was one of those guys that you could be carrying on a conversation like we are right now and go, so if we get out there, let's get some squid on for, and then what we'll do is we'll go and I mean, it wouldn't even miss a beat. You know, it was like, just get it over with, get it done and fish all day. Well, it's there's probably inside. several people driving around this morning, just getting sick right now. <laughs> well, inside would be the worst place because you it smell is. those eggs and bacon and everything cooking. Yeah. If you're already diesel, nauseous. everything oh, else, yeah. it just, and then that, the, like you said, the mental game starts playing. Oh, I'm getting sick. Oh, right. It's yeah. over. Oh, I'm getting sick. I'm getting, and once you do that, yeah, Glenn, you're right. It's over. All right. We're going to take a break. It is the big, get you some drama mean while we're taking a break. It is the big and wild outdoors brought to you by Chief. Five feeding outdoors and our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Welcome back, everybody. It's Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Glenn, Jonathan, Chris Seaton, uh, Rugged Cross Blinds. Somebody, course, somebody's on the phone to defend <clears throat> himself. And Captain Little is also here today. And uh, speaking of the devil, and he shall ring. Gino is you on the phone. What I drank, it had nothing to do with that fifth IW Harbor I drank on the way out. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just telling. I was just. I was just telling Captain Little during the break. I said, I need to explain a little bit about it because uh, I think there was some uh, adult beverages involved in the yeah. pre-trip warm-up type thing. Yeah, and. and yeah. Uh, I do remember the, uh, the the funniest part is uh, Gino and I were sitting on the outside Remind of the old Gino, double, this is a family show. Yeah, of the old Double <laughs> Eagle. And uh, we were sitting uh, downwind from a young guy who came to sit outside for a while. Do you remember that? And uh, we could tell we're looking at him. He's going, oh, yeah, this guy's getting ready to hit the rail, man. This is not good. Get ready to move. And uh, he finally made it to the rail and emptied his contents and hit like everybody passed us oh man it like yeah, we ducked. that downwind side yeah. of the boat yeah yeah we ducked and everybody else got caught <laughs> i've been yeah, there it's like the guy that takes the punch and he's still on his feet but you know he's about to fade <laughs> we ducked out we ducked out we on that nice yeah. yeah those were those were the good old days now we don't do well, those crazy things anymore uh, this is long enough where it's uh, no longer a criminal offense, so, you know, a family show. But uh, anyway, yeah, I just got back from the KY State. I uh, brought some of their fine products back home with me. So, oh, really? You know what? It seemed like everybody for Christmas and New Year's headed up north. <laughs> Jonathan was up north. Uh, Zeke and Tara, Barracuda, everybody went up north. Uh, you were gone. It's you kind of up- nice to be cold at Christmas, but, man, you can have it. I. I was in uh, Louisville for about 12 days, Louisville and Illinois and Indiana. I don't think it ever, it might have been below freezing at one point, but I've never been colder in my life, man. Just gloomy, no sun in the sky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like refreshing, man. You it's, know? It's, I, I don't think, uh, you know, growing up down here, as, as long as we all have, uh, we're used to 40 degrees, but yet it looks like it's 95 outside. You know, clear blue skies and uh, you know, it's gorgeous, whereas up north in Chicago and areas like that, when it's that same temperature, it literally looks like the end of the world. You know, it's all gray yeah, and nasty. I don't think I saw the sun for like 10 days. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't think I, I can. Some big deer, though. Some yeah. big deer, man. You of course you did. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm a Florida boy. When it gets 40 degrees, I'm cold. And the only time I want it any colder than that is when I'm hunting. So the rest of the time, it could be 70 and 80. <laughs> yeah, they laugh at you yeah. up there, trust me. Yeah, well, you know what I always said? I wish I wish the the weather here was like it is in San Diego. Where, you know, uh, I don't mind it being 80 degrees, but as long as it would get 70 degrees at night. You know what I mean? There Instead of being... 89 degrees at night and uh, 95 for the day. You know, switch uh, it down a little bit. California, man, there's one thing. If you don't like it, drive an hour to be 20 degrees different. Yeah, you, know, you can go desert one way or the mountain the other way. Yeah, you can yeah. be skiing. You can go where it's 100 or you can go where it's 60. Uh, yeah, you can be Within surfing. 90 minutes time. But then you'd have to pay the taxes and deal with California. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's what keeps us all away, except for visiting. Yeah. Well, Gino, I hope you had a great new uh, Christmas yeah, man, and a great new year. Guys, keep up the good work. I love your show every week. It perked my ears up. I wanted to defend my end of the story for right now. Oh, I know you did, man. <laughs> uh, hey, I got your back, man. I'm not going to say nothing that ain't true. You know, All right, guys. Hey, happy new year. Happy, happy new, new year, Gino. Brother. See you, buddy. I will tell you that I think on that, uh, on that trip that Gene and I took uh, many, many moons ago, uh, you know, they do the old uh, – pool you know two bucks in a hat or whoever catch the biggest fish all that stuff i think i missed it by like five pounds because i had like some huge giant red grouper that i caught out there cut us and mm-hmm. uh yeah and a uh, big giant red grouper and uh i missed it like five by five pounds and i was so mad i was like so mad but you know what people were like you're gonna keep that thing or you're gonna keep it and the guy oh if it's legal i'm keeping it the guy who uh used to buy them when you got off the dock there he offered to buy my fish, and I was like, are you kidding me? Do you know what it took for me to get this darn fish? No, you ain't getting this. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, used sell, I used to sell a lot of fish, amberjack, amberjack. But see, I was a single guy back then, so when I'd come back, I'd have my limit of snapper, my limit of grouper. There wasn't there wasn't no family. I, you know, What are you going to do with all these fish? I was ready to go back, so I would sell my fish and then walk right back into Hubbard's and buy me another <laughs> ticket for sure. the next week. That guy used to get around. I think he used to catch the boats. I know because the double eagle's out of clear water. Or, uh, so he would be there when we got off the boat and then he would make, I think a B line down to Hubbard's and catch everybody coming off of that boat. And then the friendly fisherman and everyone, I think he just did the circuit. Right. Because had restaurants he sold to. Yeah. I mean, and, and how much you want for that fish? Well, let me tell you real quick. I got this much in the trip, this much. In the no, he would get you, he'd give you a fair market value on the pound. He had a weight, uh, you know, a hanging weight, like you see in the grocery store. Throw your fish up there, and he'd have a big old wad of bills, and he'd look at it and go, peel it off and go, there you go. That was, that was fins, guts, eyeballs, the whole nine the yards. The whole nine yards. There you didn't you have go. to clean the thing. Just right. buy the whole fish, and we're out of here. Uh, I wish I wish he could still do that these days. <laughs> because, you know, those old retirees, like I used to say, they would turn that money like you and go right back up to the window and go, here, I want to book another trip for uh, Tuesday or something. Right. And back then, back when I was doing it, the ticket was like uh, for a 36-hour trip was like 100 bucks. And uh, I, I think, think we paid like 70 bucks, something like that, 70, right. 80 bucks. And now, shoot, I think it's like 250 <gasps> What? Oh, my gosh, it's yeah, high. It's for the overnight trips? For, for the 36-hour trips. For the middle trip. ground trips? Yep, yep they're high. <sighs> Dude. Then you buy bait and you got, you know, your food for 36 hours. I mean, it can get pricey. Now, Gene and I were smart. We showed up with a couple of buckets full of pinfish and some Elmo lips and uh, went out there and uh, didn't have to buy anything. So we fished live bait all day. Yeah, we the, the night before, you'd go to the Skyway and get out on the Skyway with your 55-gallon drum and fill it up full of pinfish and grunts and spade fish or whatnot. And, yeah. and then you drive to Hubbard's right there before it's time to get on the boat and you'd unload your bait and... What you had left, you could sell. I, I sold a lot of bait right there at the 
at the boat ramp. People you want come these? Up there. You want these pinfish? Yeah. Five bucks a piece. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you know what? The biggest fish I caught the the red grouper. Um, what are those things called? We used to always catch them in the canals in the wintertime. They almost they're almost diamond shaped. Oh, uh, your bottom about- feeders are silver. They have those lips that come down. It's almost like a trunk. Oh my gosh! When my they bottom. feed off the bottom, I can't. We always call them Elmo lips. They, oh man, I can't remember what they're called. But they got that real thick dorsal spine yep. on the back, big spear on the back. This thing had been on the deck all day. Some people call them maharas. Maharas, that's it. Yeah. And uh, this thing had been on the deck all day, drying in the sun. And we ran out of bait. We get to the last spot. I pick up that mahara. I hooked it just straight in the back, broke off that dorsal fin, sent it down to the bottom, and as soon as I hit the bottom, it went. Boom. <laughs> went straight down. And here I am cranking up that giant red grouper on the last fish, dead on the dick all day. And uh, I don't know well, why. Seasoned. It was seasoned. I guess it was. I guess the smell and everything else of it, yeah. they went, oh, yeah, dude, I ain't passing that up. That's a great East Coast big snook bait. You know, and I and they're when they're about three to four inches long, they're great offshore bait as they well. They are. They are. We just took some of those, uh, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, I went offshore with uh, my brother and one of my good, good friends, and <sighs> we went to the Skyway and netted a bunch of those, and we took those offshore and caught some really nice gag. What size over. net did you use? Because those things can tangle as bad as a catfish. Oh, we were throwing a Barracuda 10-foot, 3-8s, yeah. uh, heavyweight for the bridge. Right. We catch, I mean, every throw we was catching probably two or three dozen. Three throws we were out of there. We used to catch them in our canals over here, not far from the station. and it just, They're big food fish. I mean, you can go to any of these markets, uh, like a, what's the market restaurant over there on uh, 92 and Memorial. They sell them over there. To eat? The, the eat yeah, they eat like a speckled perch. Does mm. FWC still uh, frown upon the goldfish in uh, water? Stop yeah, it. you can't, you can't oh, use okay, that okay. fresh water. You can use them in salt water, but you can't use them in fresh can water. You? I didn't know you could. You can't wear it. I don't know. I think you can. That was a joke. It was a joke. I don't Sorry, think they'll They do sell gold minutes for We were kidding, fishing. Nick. We were kidding. We're kidding. I'm just playing. I think they'll die in salt water. They're not going to survive. What's that? Goldfish? Goldfish. Oh, no. They won't live. No. Especially on a reef. Right. You know, with none of those, with those Why non-existent. Why is Glenn being so quiet? He's not know. in there. He's gone. He's on his cell phone. Oh. All right, well, we got to get out of here, you guys. Thank you, Chris, for coming in, man. Thank you for our gifts from Christmas, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. Go check out the uh, Double Bull uh, Primos uh, 360 blinds or the 270s. Uh, They're out there all done. And uh, go check out our link that we're going to have for Captain Little out there so you can go book a trip with him and go out and go catch And the shop will be closed next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Well, fine. We'll be at the ATA. Stand by on ours. With Seaton. Social media accounts. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Aaron. Everybody, we hope you have a great new year. Starting off good this year. We'll see you guys next Saturday. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. See you then. Bye.